0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Dolphins In-Depth Podcast. I'm Daniel Yafusi. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, And this magical run for the Dolphins continues... Winners of six straight, they're finally back to 500 for the first time since week two, uh, courtesy of a 31-24 win over the New York Jets. So it was a little maybe too close for comfort, uh, but again, you take a win anyway you can get if you're the Dolphins. They are right in the thick of the AFC playoff picture. You have about 12 teams in the AFC with six or seven loss, uh, losses, and uh, at, at this point, you know, who's to say? I mean, if they run the table, uh, they could be in the playoffs, which just seemed unfathomable, uh, when they started one in seven, uh, and if they want to get to over 500, they're going to have to do it in front of the light uh, for front of the lights, uh, Monday night football against the new Orleans saints, uh, it's, it's a matchup that you know a couple couple weeks ago I'm not sure anybody really had this on their radar Uh, but now this is a big matchup for both of these teams and their respective uh playoff chases and we're going to get into a lot of that breaking down that game uh, but first I want to introduce this week's guest uh, I have Amy Just who is a Saints beat reporter for NOLA.com. Amy how you doing?
1: I'm good I'm good yeah like a like the Dolphins, the Saints a couple weeks ago didn't, uh, we didn't know where this was going, but uh, here they are, fresh off uh, a very dumbfounding win over uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So it's going to be an interesting ride uh, through the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, for sure. And that's really where I want to start. I mean, um, you know, this was a team that started five and two. Uh, you know, it's the first year without, without Drew Brees in a really long time. Um, they start five and two with James Winston. Things are looking pretty good. And he obviously goes down with, uh, with a really bad knee injury. Uh, I believe it was against the Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, and, you know, after that, the Saints lose their next five games. Uh, they've kind of turned things around with with two wins. First over the, the Jets. Now a really dominating game, a nine zero win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who they just seem to always have their number. Uh, but now they're seven and seven. I know you tweeted it out, uh, you know, either earlier today or yesterday that um, you know they won't have the seventh seed regardless of what happens in Tuesday night's games. Um, but you know they're still they still have a real solid chance to fight for one of those wild card spots. And and I want to ask you, you know, I kind of broke it down the s- schedule wise, but how did they really get to this point where they're five and two uh, that they lose uh, their next five. And then all of a sudden they're back right in the thick of things in the NFC playoff race.
1: Yeah. So nothing the saints have done this season makes any sense. I don't know if you've watched knives out, um, but the scene there where um, the detective in the movie goes none of this makes any sense compels me though like that's just how I feel about this whole season so they start off the year displaced due to Hurricane Ida and have to play what's supposed to be their season home opener against the Green Bay Packers but that gets moved to Jacksonville and nobody picks to win that game because of everything that they've gone through they have no real wide receiver talent because Michael Thomas is on putt. Um And then the Saints beat the Packers 38-3. to And then they lose to the Panthers the following weekend. We're like, um, okay, like not sure exactly what to make of this. And it just kept going in terms of weirdness. They beat the Patriots in New England and then lost at home to the Giants. So we're already starting off super, super confusing. And then it just keeps continuing to be weird. And I feel like that has been a prevailing theme for the Saints this season. It's just been weird. And my picks this year, I don't even want to know what my record is because it's so (laughs) bad. Um but I yeah it's just I don't understand how this has happened. So they got to five and two, right? With Jameis Winston uh game managing so to speak he wasn't like the Jameis of old where he's throwing for 400 yards and three touchdowns and three interceptions very game managing. and then he gets hurt he's done for the year they go with Trevor Simeon for a couple games that experiment um goes south um I like Trevor he's a really great guy um just wasn't his time and so they put Taysom in after Taysom got healthy and uh yeah, they beat the Jets and the Blacks, but uh yeah, it's uh I didn't know what to read into the Jets win because the Jets are just atrocious. But yeah, they're not very
0: good, but they <laughs> I mean they they gave to the Dolphins a run for their money for the second time in four weeks, but yeah, but they're not they're very good. You're right.
1: Yeah, so I didn't know what to make of that win last week. You know, okay, great. The the Saints have, you know, finally Stops their losing streak. Their five-game uh, losing streak was something this team hadn't done since 2005. So that's not something that happens around here. Um, I fully expected uh, Tampa's, you know, top offense in the league to have a really good matchup with the Saints defense, but yet the, the Saints defense at full strength for the first time in what feels like forever um, just completely – denied Tom Brady and all of all of their offensive weapons. And I say all of them because there are way too many to list. Um, but three of them got hurt and against the Saints. And I think that helped this a little bit, but still struggling before they lost all three of those guys. So yeah.
0: again, not
1: exactly sure how much to read into that other than when at full strength or near full strength, they don't have passing, Passanio, but, um, when they're at near or full strength, they are they are tough. They are a tough team to play on defense. The offense, of course, leaves plenty of things to be desired. But hey, if the defense gets them in good position, they can they can make it work at least in a short field
0: situation. So it's 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 funny because I listen to you say all that, and this sounds a lot like the Dolphins. But <laughs> I look at the stats, I'm like. Oh, the Saints kind of remind me of the Dolphins. Where you just have a a lot of just kind of head scratching results over the course of of the season. Obviously, the Dolphins go on a on a seven game losing streak. Uh, they're they're one in seven. They're kind of left for dead. And then uh, you know they beat the Texans, which is like you know, they kind of struggle with the Texans, honestly, with Jacoby Brissett. And they win a I think a seventeen to nine game or something like that. Uh And then you know Tua comes back. He comes in the second half of the Ravens game on Thursday night. The defense plays lights out. Um, and that that's what really kind of springboarded this winning streak and you know you know four four more wins later we're at seven and seven but you know again it's funny to listen to you talk about the Saints um and it's like yeah the you know this win streak or this kind of resurgence is really being um you know built on the on the strength of the defense although I I will say you know I haven't watched the Saints as much as obviously you have uh but, but I think that while you you say that the Saints offense leaves, uh, uh, you know, some, something to be desired. I, I think that you could say the same for the Dolphins offense, but I think that Tua's, you know, I think most people would agree that Tua's played a lot better than Taysom Hill in terms of, you know, just passing the ball. Um, I know that, you know, Chris Sims and others kind of feel very strongly oh, about God. Taysom I Hill, which, <laughs> which, which we're going to get into, but, um, but yeah, it's funny how I look at stats and, um, kind of watch the teams a little bit. it's like, I, I think that they're very, very similar. What do you, what do you say?
1: yeah um, when you just think of prevailing themes right like that's pretty consistent um obviously, the situations are a little different with the saints being on their you know third quarterback of the year, right, and uh you know having to bench one of them and one of them you know being hurt for the rest of the year and you know the Saints don't have uh Alvin Kamara for a huge stretch of this season um the saints are. They could again be without their two tackles. Um, I mean, they were without them last week. Obviously they haven't practiced yet. We're recording this on Tuesday. So plenty left uh, to know about that situation, but yeah, it's uh, when you break it down into the nitty gritty, there are obviously some differences, but if you look at the bigger picture, I think it's pretty similar.
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, as you kind of transition into the, to the next part of this episode, I- and I mentioned it before, um, you know. I think that uh, one of the, I guess one of the maybe subplots of this game, you know, if you're if you're on Twitter as much as I am, which is way too much, is uh, this this Tua to a taste battle, which I don't even want to call it a battle, but I will call it a battle because, uh, you know, I'm like based off your reaction, you've heard some of these comments from you know Chris Sims, who yeah. uh, you know believes that Taysom Hill is every bit the quarterback that to a Tungabaloa is and I'm not gonna get into that, but you know, as a as a as having a me having an expert on the Saints, you know, with me, I, I wanna ask and, you know, I think I'm speaking for a lot of people. Um, what are the Saints doing with Taysom Hill? Because you know, I, I think that he has definitely flourished in this kind of gadget role that they had for him when uh Drew Brees was was the starting quarterback. Um obviously he got beat out by Jameis Winston. Um, you know, I know he's been injured with the with the I guess the mallet finger that he's had. He's kind of playing through that, but Um, you know, hasn't really looked that good passing the ball. And you hear of, you know, the Saints kind of extending him and giving him this, like, weird one-of-a-kind contract where he could get, like, quarterback money if he actually plays quarterback for a significant amount of time. What is Sean Payton and the Saints doing with Taysom Hill?
1: So in terms of a contract perspective, I've looked at it. It is essentially a tight end contract that has – incentives and escalators for quarterback play. That's a basically nuts and bolts. That's what it is. It is a tight end deal that has, you know, scribbles in the margins. Not really, but you know what I mean? Um, that, well, if this happens, then here we go. So I feel like based off of that, they're going to be looking – in free agency for another quarterback. So in even addition with
0: even with Jameis, you know. Jameis is a free from-
1: agent. So oh, that's right. right. Yeah. yeah. So the you were uh, right on where I was gonna go. So in addition to Taysom, the only quarterback that they have on the roster next year is Ian Book, their draft one of their draft picks from this year. So you know, looking for a quarterback may not be the right term. It may be Jameis, but like they still have to figure out what they want to do there Um, if they do want to go with Taysom. But if they want to sign him to a tight end contract that has quarterback money in it, um, I feel like they're going to leave no stone unturned to see what they want to do. Um, And if that's bring Jameis back for another year, um, if that's go after a big fish. But a complicating factor is, um, even with the salary cap going up substantially um, for this next year, they still don't have a whole lot of wiggle room. So it's going to be interesting to see what they can do um, and uh, what they choose to do in terms of that position.
0: Gotcha. It's just it just seems that over the past like couple year, years, maybe year or two or so, it seems like Sean Payton is just like hell bent on proving everyone wrong and saying, like, I can make a quarterback out of Taysom Hill. And it's just like me personally, when I watch it, I'm just like, I just, I just don't see it. It seems very forced. Like, is it like I don't, I don't really know what they're trying to do on offense. I mean, obviously they're obviously Taysom who brings like a, you know, a, a power run element. He's fast. He, he can run fast and, you know, run pat, run over guys a lot. But it's just like, I mean, do you, do you feel that when he's in there and I, I know he's had the finger injury, but do you feel that, you know, Peyton is, jumping Peyton is kind of like, hamstrung as a play caller in terms of like what he's able to do. Because obviously he's a much different player and quarterback than, than Drew Brees was.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't say hamstrung is the right word. Uh if we wanted to say hamstrung in terms of Peyton's play calling, it's that they don't have any capable, you know, number one, number two receivers. Yeah. Like the guys that they have they're good for their roles in like, as the number three or number four guys, like they don't have that the guy because Michael Thomas has been on pub all year and will not come back. Um, And who knows what his future with this franchise is. Right. Um, So there's a lot of moving parts, but back with Taysom, I feel like there are flashes of greatness And then boneheaded mistakes. And then there are plays where he, you know, doesn't make all of the right reads. And if he makes, you know, one extra read, he's going to find a guy wide open. Um, Whether the ball gets there, um, it's a different story. But I like watching Taysom play um, in his unique role. Um, I think he did that well. Um, even earlier this season with Jameis, because he would come in and do some Wildcat stuff, quarterback power um, type things, uh, very effective in the red zone as like the Wildcat guy. Um, I don't know if I'm sold on him being the quarterback for this franchise moving forward, but in the moment that we are in right now with Jameis Garrett, and Trevor not living up to the standard, the standards, excuse me, that uh, Sean Payton wanted. Taysom is their best option right now, and whether you think he's a quarterback or not, that's he's their best option at the moment.
0: That's a fair point. No, I was going to say Simeon did not really play well, and obviously James is hurt. In book, you know, probably not ready um, to yeah, not uh, to, ready. to start right now. So that that is a fair point. Um, I do wonder what, I do wonder what the would I mean, I, I think that dolphins players or dolphins defensive players are going to be very complimentary of uh, of Taysom Hill. But I do wonder kind of what they're going to say when we when we ask about him because um, you know they've he's another athletic um, you know kind of kind of mobile quarterback and they fared pretty well this season against you know guys like um, you know Lamar Jackson, um, Cam Newton to some extent kind of Josh Allen in the second matchup. Um so I, I do think that this is kind of a, a matchup that kind of favors them. Like if Jameis was in the start, was in there, I'd say hey Jameis might turn the ball over two times, but um he's also going to throw it 50 yards on them. He's gonna like test that secondary. Um but so it is going to be an interesting matchup with the uh the front seven. But that's for the second half of this uh podcast. <laughs> We're gonna take a short break. Uh but when we come back we're going to preview all things Dolphins Saints on Monday Night Football. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. let are do
1: doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix.
0: What's going on, everybody? I'm still here with Amy Just talking all things Dolphins, Saints, and as we preview this really big game, uh, for the AFC and NFC playoff picture, both teams seven and seven, both teams seemingly fi- fighting for uh, a wild card spot after kind of being dead in the water. Um, you know, we, we talked about, or you mentioned it, um, the state of the Saints offensive line or offensive tackles, Ryan Ramchick and, uh, Terran Armstead. Um, I guess if they can't play, who would, to fill their spots and I guess how would you just rate them as a whole you know how did they do in the Bucks game
1: they they were all right so the guys who filled in this week um that would be Jordan Mills um he's had a lot of experience but not a lot of it has been relatively recent um this was the second game he started in uh for the Saints if I'm not mistaken I don't have it in front of me um, the saints have had like eight different starting lineup convers- uh starting lineup combinations. I'm talking too fast for my brain. <laughs> um, and on the other side has been James Hurst. He's started in a significant amount of the games for the saints this year. However, it's been all over the line. Um, so he's played four of the five spots with starting in three of them, if I recall correctly. So he's been quite the utility hitter uh for them this year. Um it was all right. Um you know, they've got three backups on the line uh with Andres Pete also having been out for a significant amount of the season. He Back when he got hurt, they said there was a possibility that he could return towards the end of the year, but I'm not holding my breath for that. So who's been filling in for him has been Calvin Rockmorton. Um, so they held up pretty decently last week, um, but which I was kind of surprised by, just by how dominant uh, the Bucks' defense has been. Uh, but yeah, so two sacks, uh, for Taysom and could have been several more. Um, just, but he scrambled out of a couple of them. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's not looking good, but it could be worse. Um, coming into the season, I thought the Saints offensive line was their strength. Like their biggest strength on the team, um, was their offensive line. And I still think that it's a strength when, close to healthy but teron and ryan um both of their tackles they're pro bowl all pro guys and so when you lose two players of that caliber obviously it's not going to be even remotely close to the same
0: yeah when i was when i was reading you know some of you know the great work that you and your you know colleagues do on noah.com i was that, that really stood out to me. You know, I didn't know that, you know, I was just kind of watching the game casually on Sunday night. I didn't know that they were playing without their two starting offensive tackles. And that, you know, stood out to me because, um, what I think, you know, along with the Dolphins defense kind of powering this, this winning streak, I think that it's really been the front seven. You know, I think that there's been improvements on all levels of this defense, um, you know, defensive linemen linebackers cornerback safeties, but I think really the front seven whether that's like you know Emmanuel Agba Jalen Phillips Andrew Van Ginkle, I think that they've had so much success over this win streak and you know the Dolphins they lead the league in, in sacks during their during their win streak and they're really high up there in pressure rate. so I'm almost like oh man if if the Saints don't have their their starting offensive tackles I mean that's I mean, that that's I mean, that's definitely sliding in the favor of, of Miami and and not only like in pass protection, but, you know, potentially opening up those running lanes for for Alvin Kamara or or, or um, Mark Ingram. You know, I, I think that I saw that Kamara's only averaging like three point six yards per carry. So he's not really been, been getting loose in the in the run game. And it's like if you're not able to run the ball well um, against the Dolphins, which, you know, the Jets have had success. Uh, they, they had success last week. Other teams have had success. If you're not able to run the ball well well you know I you know I don't want to if I'm a Saints fan I don't want to see Taysom Hill in those third and 13 third and 12 situations uh where he's gotta he's he's gotta make a play I mean you, you 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 trust his ability to maybe uh run out of you know harm's way and to you know to maybe make a play but you don't want him to be in a third and long situation uh for the duration of this game so that's that's one thing that stood out to me um I guess another thing that that stood out to me was just how dominant the Saints defense was against the Bucks. And I know that they've had, it seems like they've had Brady's number since he joined, uh, Tampa Bay last year. But across the board, I mean, this is a very, very good defense. And I mean, to be honest, it's by far the best defense that this, uh, the Dolphins, um, are going to play, um, you know, since they started this win streak, you know, they've, they've, you know, the Dolphins and, you know, like we said before, the Dolphins, they have an offense that leaves a lot to be desired, but, um, you know, they, I mean, they were able to score 31 points against the Jets. They're able to score 33 points against a, a Panthers defense. That's pretty good. Um, You know, they've, they've had some mid 20 point performances here and there as well, but, um, you know, by, by most, most of these teams have, you know, been some of the worst teams in the league or some of the worst defenses in the league. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a big like efficiency metrics guy. I'm not, I'm not like really big on yards per yards per game or whatever because I feel like that might tell not not always tell the whole story. But um, you know, Football Outsiders they're a uh, metric site and they have the Saints as uh, the number one run defense and I believe the number six pass defense. Um, mm-hmm. so it's definitely going to be a big test. Like the the Dolphins ran for 183 yards last year and it was like. I mean, last week, and it was a like a big revolution because – a revelation because they had only done it like two or three times before, and that was, you know, their most uh yards on the ground all season. Um and, and I do wonder, you know, how much of that is, you know, if you're playing the Jets. You know, I think that uh, this yeah. is going to be – I think this is going to be a, a really big test with, you know, guys like uh Cameron Jordan and Marcus Davenport. I guess you look at this Saints defense, I mean, what did they – What did they do so well against Tampa Bay and what have they done so well, um, you know, this season? Because me personally, I see this defense like they have dogs like on every level of the defense, whether it's Cameron Jordan and Marcus Davenport, DeMario Davis or uh, Marshawn Lattimore in the secondary. I mean, what do they do well and what do you see from them?
1: A lot of it was situational. So, yeah, Tom Brady only threw like 180 some yards, which is Not very Tom Brady-esque. That's one of the worst, if not the worst game of his uh, Tampa Bay tenure. But also, they were keyed in on third downs. So all four of the Saints' sacks came on third down. Uh, I don't want to call it a strip sack because it wasn't. But when Cam forced Tom Brady to fumble, In the red zone, that was also one-third down. So that's going to be a huge key. Um, Tampa Bay still had 302 yards of total offense, um, which is not bad by any stretch of the imagination, but it was just forcing them to make mistakes at crucial times or getting the sacks that they needed at crucial times. I I think C.J. Gardner-Johnson's pick was on third down, too, if I'm not mistaken. So – Third down was very big for them last week, and I think if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So I think that's probably what they'll emphasize again this week um, in neutralizing uh, everybody. Of course, last week was a bit of an anomaly with defensive coordinator Dennis Allen stepping in as the Saints head coach since Sean Payton has been in. Corona, uh, induced quarantine. He should be out for the game on, um, or he should be up, excuse me, for the game on Monday, but, um, not sure when he will be cleared to return, um, and all of that. So I believe we are speaking with Dennis Allen on Wednesday. Again, we're recording on Tuesday. Um, so not sure, uh, when Sean will, be back in the building. Of course, he's been helping with game planning and all of that stuff. His hands were, he was very involved with last week's game plan. Um, but of course, it's always different when he's not there in the moment. So that's also a big thing to consider from last week as well.
0: Yeah. First, I want to touch on something you said earlier about the situational defense. Um, the Saints have the, I believe the best red zone defense they're only allowing uh, opponents to score touchdowns in those situations uh 43.6% of the time I, I'm looking at and in terms of third down defense i mean they're they're right they're right around there among the best as well where they're allowing um they're only allowing 37.3% of those um conversions on third down which looks like it ranks uh, around top 10 in, in the NFL. Um, and that's that's one thing that the Dolphins offense has actually been pretty good at, um, you know, converting on uh, third downs and extending those drives, um, you know, taking some time off the clock, not just going. Through. I mean, they have a, the Dolphins definitely have a tendency to go three and out. But I think that over the course of this, um, this one streak, they, they've definitely been uh, better in terms of, you know, uh, consistently, you know, uh, what am I trying to say? Push drives forward, you know, um, keep drives going. And then when they get into the red zone, um, you know, converting those opportunities. And then the, the second thing, obviously, with, you know, I remember recording last week's episode, um, you know, with, with my guest last week, we did our predictions and we said, you know, uh, all COVID things, you know, withstanding. Of course. Which- which you know over the past week or so definitely comes into play you know um the dolphins didn't play with uh you know two of their top rookies wide receiver Jalen waddle who leads the team in all receiving categories and then javon hall on their safety who's kind of been a versatile do-it-all guy um you know i think that both of those i kind of had um impacts on the close game that we we saw with the jets and i was just curious obviously you said sean payton uh wasn't coaching that game dennis Allen was the interim coach and Peyton's expected back, but have the I mean as of as of Tuesday, Tuesday night, uh, Tuesday late afternoon, have the Saints have any had have, have they had any significant uh coronavirus disruptions in terms of players? I know that Cam Jordan missed uh the previous game, um, before the Bucks game, but he was back for this game. But outside of him, have there been any, you know, major players sidelined by protocols?
1: Yeah, so in the last couple of weeks, nobody other than Sean Payton was sidelined for the Bucks game. There were three players sidelined for the Jets game the preceding week. It was Cam Jordan, uh, Mark Ingram, and Ty Montgomery. Um, a player did go on the COVID list today. Again, we are recording on Tuesday. Um, It's tight end Jawan Johnson. Yeah, uh, he's that, yeah. the only one as of Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Um, that has uh, – gone on the list um in the past couple of weeks so it's definitely something to monitor um you know it's uh they're already down a couple tight ends so or at least one one is still coming off of injury but he did play last week and then another one is on uh injured reserve so need to pay attention to that and obviously as as impactful as tight ends are everywhere else and moving around and interacting with other uh, position groups definitely need to be paying attention to the next couple of days and see if this is an isolated incident or if it is the precursor to something more
0: no no most definitely you know I remember last Monday coming back from the Dolphins by and um you know, a couple a couple of days earlier before that, you know, the Dolphins had placed two of their running backs, Miles Gaskin and Savon Ahmed on the on the COVID list. And uh, I, I remember asking Brian Flores that that Monday morning, um, is there any fear that, you know, this is this isn't an isolated case or isolated cases? And he goes, uh, to my understanding, you know, I, I don't think that, you know, anything is, you know, on the horizon like that. But again, I don't have a crystal ball. And, you know, 30, 30 minutes later, after we finished talking to him, we found out that, you know, the, another running back, Philip Lindsay is, is, uh, going on the COVID list. And then later on, you know, you had, you know, like I said, Jalen Waddle and, uh, Javon Holland and, and I believe another, uh, practice squad running back, Jared Dokes. And, you know, they got some of those guys back, you know, they, they got, they got two of their running backs in Gaskin and Ahmed back. Uh, but Lindsay Waddle and, and Holland missed that game because I guess they just weren't able to clear protocols in time. Um, and, and you just never know with, you know, when one, case pops up you know I know that they placed uh one of their slot cornerbacks Justin Coleman on the reserve COVID list uh yesterday and you know it, it was just one guy and nobody landed on on the COVID list from the Dolphins Tuesday but again it's like you just never know with this you know you, can, you go two days without any positives and all of a sudden you have six more guys land on it so you know you knock on wood and hope that's not the case but um you know that's just kind of the the nature of the world that we're living in you know this is definitely gonna impact the the late Season playoff run and uh, probably going to impact things once we get into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at the Kansas City Chiefs today, right? They had a few guys on the COVID list coming into um, today, but then boom, they get like what six guys added to the list in the last two days? Yeah. So anything can happen at any time as it pertains to COVID. So obviously, all of the the he'll be available or he'll be available i'll take it with a grain of salt because that can be erased in a matter of minutes so
0: yes and and as you say that of course we we go into you know the the final segment of this episode the predictions uh, which again you can only take with a grain of salt with uh all the all the code stuff going on um as i as i kind of you know you know before i do every every episode i guess i'm kind of pulling back the court curtains i just kind of kind of look at a bunch of various stats and metrics and kind of look at the rosters and injuries and um i I found these teams just match up i mean i guess i think that the defenses have clear advantages over the offenses um you know i feel like this is i mean i I don't know about you we've you know us in terms of the, the dolphins media core you know we've watched a lot of kind of nasty games in terms of just bad offense and defensive defenses dominating the, the opposing offense. And this feels like one of those games where, you know, it could very well be like six to three at halftime and it's late in the game and it's 17 to 13. And while, while my, my head tells me to pick the dolphins because I just haven't seen I mean, I just haven't seen this Dolphins defense be, like, significantly tested. Um, and I don't – or I also, I'll just say it. I just don't think that Taysom Hill and, you know, the Saints offense will will do that. I just, like, part of me just says, I don't know. You know, this is, like, a really – This is like a really big spot for the Dolphins, you know, um, the first half or so of their, of their win streak, they kind of were under the radar. I mean, a lot of teams were like, Hey, you're beating up on the Texans and the Jets and the Giants. Like, it's not something to be, um, you know, congratulated about. But I mean, six wins, straight wins, that's, I mean, that's six straight wins, especially when you start one and seven. I think a lot of, a lot of kind of national media, national people are, are really starting to, um, kind of turn their, turn their heads and, and kind of focus on the Dolphins. And obviously being a Monday night game, um, this is going to be a lot of guys on that team, you know, their first Monday night game. You know, I know they play a Thursday night game, but, you know, Monday night still has that, you know, little bit of significance and you know, a lot of, you know, I grew up watching Monday night. I'm sure you grew up watching Monday night football. It's going to be a lot of their uh, first Monday night football games. And um, I know that the left guard, Austin Jackson, he said that this isn't really an opportunity to, to like do like us against the world. It's more about just us proving ourselves right. I do think that you know there's going to be a big spotlight on them, and I and I do wonder facing a you know kind of a, a more veteran team, uh, you know a veteran coach that has won a Super Bowl has, has been in these spots. I do wonder if maybe Sean Payton has the Saints just a little more prepared for for Tua and that unique offense, and uh, maybe has a wrinkle or two against the the Dolphins defense. You know, I I'll say this: I'll pick the Dolphins twenty three to twenty two. But I don't have a lot of conviction in that prediction. You know, if, um, if the Dolphins beat the Saints and beat them by, like, 10 points, I mean, I wouldn't be, like, completely surprised. But I also wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Dennis Allen, who's a great defensive coordinator, and Sean Payton, who's a great offensive mind, if they have, like, a great game plan and the Dolphins end up losing by, like, 10 points. You know, what do you think?
1: So my record on the year is 6-8. and eight. So, um, I am hashtag bad at, uh, picking games. I think it's going to be low scoring just because both of these defenses have been so dominant. Um, I'm going to say 10 to three, but I don't know who's going to win. Um,
0: 10 to three.
1: I do. I think it, I don't think it's going to be very high scoring. I really don't. I just, I think that we're going to, it's going to be a relatively boring game, offensively, I think there's going to be a lot of three and outs. Um, and I think it's just going to be whoever takes advantage of a situation their defenses put them in. I really do.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. That that last point is really interesting because I, I was thinking, you know, with two kind of teams that are just so, so closely, you know, so even and to kind of drive that point home. Um, I have it right here. The Saints are averaging 22.4 points per game. Uh, Which I
1: don't understand (laughs) how. Now, the most they've scored all season was 38. That was in their season opener. Okay. But if you look at the last four games, they scored six against the Bills, 17 against the Cowboys, 30 against the Jets, which, okay. And then nine against the Buccaneers. So...
0: Yeah yeah, but you know, to to drive to drive that point home. Like 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 I said, the Saints are averaging 22.4, the Dolphins are averaging 20.4. And then on defense, the Saints are giving up 20.4 and the Dolphins are giving up 22.3. So this is like this is like neck and neck. Um I do think that, you know, I know Trench play and offensive linemen and defensive lineman play is not very sexy and glamorous, but this is the one time where I'm just very, very interested to see how the Dolphins' offensive line does because they've gotten a lot of criticism um, o- or over the course of the season. But I think that they've improved a lot during this win streak. But you know, Cameron Jordan, Marcus Davenport—that's um, a real test. And you know, I do wonder, like, I do wonder if this game comes down to like which quarterback makes. You know, the fewest mistakes slash takes advantage of what uh, the defense, what opportunities the defense presents them, and and I, and I do think it's like if I had to bank on one quarterback to kind of make that one play or one defense to make that one play in the situation, it's like it's like I could see. Uh, the Dolphins defense forcing Taysom Hill into like a bad fumble because he's running around a lot, which I think he probably will be. Um, You know, I could see, I think Tua, you know, he, he had a, he had a kind of shaky outing against the Jets through two interceptions, which he hasn't done a lot. Um, But it's like, I could see him kind of making that play. I'm I'm more inclined to think that Tua makes that play instead of Taysom Hill. That's just kind of my opinion right now.
1: I agree with that. I also, it also wouldn't surprise me though, if, P.J. Williams or C.J. N- C. Gardner Johnson picks off Tua and runs it back. Like that wouldn't surprise me either. Well, he
0: threw uh, one. Yeah, he he threw one up last week and and the Jets ran it back. And he almost he almost gave that game away. You know, he threw a game time pick six with under eight minutes left, uh, which was really bad. To his credit, he rebounded. But yeah, I mean, uh, he, Tua hasn't really turned the ball over. I think that's probably like the 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 best part of his play during the uh one streak that he hasn't messed things up you know I mean he, he's he's like gone out there and you know he, I mean, he won the game yesterday uh, or two days ago after throwing the pick um but I think that's the one thing that he's like really done well not turn the ball over so it's like like I said I really like the Saints secondary I, I love Marshawn Lattimore I think that's gonna be a really fun matchup with him and Jalen Waddle I think um, so too yeah but the Saints secondary they're, they're definitely some ball hawks they, they they run to the ball they fly sideline to sideline so you have a good point there
1: yeah, I like I said I genuinely don't know what's going to happen. I think Tua is more capable of making a game-winning moment, but I also think the Saints defense is also capable of making a game-winning moment too. So I I don't know. It's going to be a it's going to be a tough matchup. I don't know if it will be a good game, but it will be a tough matchup. And if you are just a football nerd, you might really like this game, um, but it might not be the, the high-scoring, high-flying affair um, that some NFL games have been, at least so far this season.
0: Well, I just hope it's better than Vikings-Bears because oh. I was watching that game and just – like, I tweeted it out at one point. Like, I feel like the Bears should just be relegated to the CFL. Cause I, I just don't, I know saw what, that
1: tweet and, and I
0: laughed so hard. It was bad. It was bad. But, but I, but then at the same time, it's like, I saw some pretty bad football from the dolphins earlier in the season, but they've turned things around. So <laughs> they haven't gotten that treatment yet, but uh yes, a very big game. Um, I think that you know, in the totality of the dolphin season, um, we all kind of looked at this final three game stretch starting with uh, the Saints then obviously the Titans and the um, the Patriots to to close things out. And we knew that if they could kind of uh, get on a little bit of a run, um, they could kind of make things interesting. That's what they've done. I mean, they've they've really been perfect. They have they had no margin for error to begin with. Um, and they took care of business during the, the light part of their schedule. And at seven and seven, um, it's crazy to think that playoffs are a real a real thing. You know, I I think that a loss here would kinda it would kinda kind of destroy all their slim playoff hopes. I don't know if you can say the same thing for the Saints. Um, but I mean how I mean how How does the outlook look for them if they can't get a win on Monday night?
1: Yeah, so the Saints, as it stands right now, are on the outside looking in at 7-7. and Um, No matter what happens with uh, Washington, Philly tonight, they won't get in um, to the top seven. Um, But the Saints winning and the Falcons losing really helps the Saints because – for a while, there was a like a five-way tie for the seven seed, and with Atlanta holding the head-to-head over the Saints for the time being, that tiebreaker wouldn't clear until week 18. So they needed to distance themselves from Atlanta um, and get a win while Atlanta got a loss, and that did happen for them this past weekend. So the one good thing for the Saints is if it's a two-way tie with uh, them in Washington, the Saints have the head to head if it 's a two way tie with the Saints and the Eagles, the Eagles have to win there um if it 's a two way tie with the Saints and the Vikings they haven 't played, so it would go to you know i believe it 's conference record, and I think the Vikings have that the Saints mm-hmm. conference record is abysmal so it 's uh the Saints need to win because they can 't just believe that the tiebreakers are going to help them out because it's not. Um, So they just, they have to keep doing their thing, keep winning because if they lose either this game or if they drop a game to the Panthers or if they lose um, in week 18 to the Falcons, I just don't see a path for them if they don't win out. Obviously, anything is possible. There are so many teams that have seven losses right now, um, with in the NFC, with the Vikings, the Saints, Washington, and Philly. Um, but their best shot is to just control their their own fate and just win out. Obviously, easier said than done, right? But um, yeah. the Bucks gives me hope that they could do that. Um, but again nothing this team does makes any sense to me so it also wouldn't you know break my brain if they were to lose one or two down the stretch either like anything can happen if you were to tell me any whatever result I would believe it just because this team makes no
0: sense it's so remarkable listening to you like for like half of this podcast and it's like the way you talk about the Saints is the way I talk about or a lot of us talk about the Dolphins you know Um, similar with the tiebreaker that, you know, the the Dolphins really can't leave it up to tiebreakers because they don't, you know, they lost to the Raiders. They lost to um, the Colts. They don't have as good of a conference record as, you know, teams like the Chargers who are going to be fighting for a playoff spot. They got swept by the Bills. So they're almost like, it's weird. They're in a position where they're like hoping that the, the Bills beat the Patriots um, because they still play the Patriots in week 18 yeah week 18 and they already beat them once so it's really funny how I mean they're seven and seven (laughs) they're fighting for a wild card spot and they're really in the same position and I think you'll see that uh you know it might not be the prettiest game but I think you'll see that intensity and the kind of like that understanding of the moment on Monday night for sure
1: yeah absolutely both of these teams know it's at stake you know for both of them it feels like a must win to make the playoffs so that itself makes it intriguing
0: no, no, exactly, exactly. And, um, again, you know, I'm just grateful that we have a compelling matchup, um, after, you know, kind of, uh, the, the downward spiral that these teams got on. Um, so it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting matchup. It's going to be a compelling matchup. It's going to be a, a matchup with big ramifications, um, in the AFC and NFC playoff picture. And, um, you know, looking forward to it. Um, Amy, I hope you enjoy your, your Christmas weekend. I guess Christmas is on Saturday. So hope you enjoy that. Um, don't have to do too much work uh, in previewing the game. Um, I want to thank you for joining me on uh, this edition of the Dolphins in Depth podcast. Um, yeah, and you know, we'll be back next week to preview another uh, weekend of Dolphins football. But until then, you guys take care.